0: track at the wall.
1: Connection Podcast Network listeners, welcome back to WWE War Wrestling Above Replacement. I am JT, and joining me as always is my buddy Marcus. Marcus, how are you doing? Good, JT. I'm
2: excited to be starting a new season with you. I believe this is our seventh, right?
1: Yeah, crazy, man. It's already our seventh season since we started this show. Uh, and it's always exciting to, to kick off a new one. We wrapped up 0405 on our last episode, that was a cool one to dig back into. It had been a while. Um, and here we are already starting our next season. Um, crazy how time flies, my friend.
2: Yeah, we're uh, going to fast forward 11 seasons and uh, hop into 2015, 2016. I'm, I'm looking forward to talking about this time period. How do you feel about like covering this time period? Is it nostalgic at all for you? Um, I think it's Sneaky Ben, oof, what, eight years? Uh, oh, yeah, recording? it's crazy. So. Um,
1: yeah, I I um I definitely have some nostalgia for this period. It's kind of in the heat of the like you know PTB nation growth. We were doing a lot of uh, a lot of obviously a lot of podcasts, like but we had stuff that was really covering uh, going deep on the modern era at that point. It was really one of the years we started doing some of the trips. It kind of started in fourteen into fifteen. Um, I mean, really thirteen, but fourteen, fifteen is where it felt like it really picked up. It was also around that time that uh, Boneheads, our local wing, Mm. beloved wing bar, uh, was showing the pay-per-views there on the network. So we would go a lot, eat wings and watch them uh, or have parties here at my house. We'd everyone get together. We'd order a bunch of wings and watch them here. So it was definitely a year where like it was pretty dialed in on the big shows. I think it's one of those years, again, in the moment you kind of don't probably appreciate for what it is. Um, I'll say this though, and I think this is the case for a lot of the 2010s, our viewpoint of these seasons is going to be dramatically different than sitting through the actual week to week of those years. Oh yeah. Yep. Like I think the pay-per-views of the season are likely going to pop up because the roster is so strong and you're just getting a bunch of matches, right? So as long as the booking is pretty solid, like we're going to do Okay. I, I think if you're doing a project where you're watching the weekly television of 15-16, your, your viewpoint's going to be dramatically different.
2: Yeah, like, I watch SmackDown pretty religiously, and I think it's a complete wash um, from, like, 2011 till 2016 when they get on... Um, is that USA Network? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's just... And it's the three-hour Raws, and they haven't... Still haven't really <laughs> figured out how to feature more than uh, so many players. It's it's a tough stretch of TV, I think. But um, there are some exciting moments that I remember happening. And um, I'm looking forward to, to this season because I think early on, I see uh, – I'm curious to see if this is, is true or not. But this is – I mean, I think it might start a little bit before. But it's predominantly this season – this is the real like integration of the first the last class of fcw the first class mm-hmm. of nxt they're not just like still debuting but they're firmly established on the roster like rollins reigns ambrose uh the new um xavier woods and Yeah, why right like you can go up and down the card and you're gonna see a lot of people who've been there for a couple of years um but they still feel fresh mm-hmm. but also people still coming in um and getting that call up for the first time, uh, that we're going to see this season. So I think, uh, I think that's pretty interesting, but you also still have some stalwarts there. Um, like your Randy Wharton's, your John Cena's, um, your Seamus's, your Dolph Ziggler's. Um, so I think it's an interesting time, uh, where a lot of established talent and new talent and newly established talent, they're all mixing at the same time. So curious to see that play out, uh, over this
1: season. All right. Well, let's dive in. Let's do it. If, if you're new to the show, welcome aboard. Uh, we break down all of these pay-per-views throughout history with a plus-minus system. We have a series of categories, and we consider a baseline. That's something that's uh, replacement level. So think of an average match, uh, the expected reactions of the crowd, the baseline commentary you would expect on a wrestling pay-per-view. Those are all just kind of replacement level activities. If something is better than that, We give it a point. If something is below that expectation, we take away a point. We net all of that out and give each pay-per-view a total score. We then stack rank all of the pay-per-views throughout history uh, that we're watching by those scores. When it comes to matches, we grade each match individually. We then take the average of Marcus's grade and my grade. We go plus minus from two and a half, which to us is an average match. So if you think a two and a half is the most average baseline match you could have. If our average score is a four, it's a plus one and a half. If it's a one, it's a minus one and a half. We are doing these pay per views in a season format, which means we start with the first pay per view post WrestleMania in any given year, and we wrap up with WrestleMania the following year. So, for instance, for this season, we're going to start with Extreme Rules 2015 from April, and we're going to end with WrestleMania 32, for better or worse. So, (laughs) uh, there you go. So, we're going to start, like I just said, uh, with Extreme Rules 2015. This took place on April 26th from the Rosemont Horizon, uh, Rosemont Horizon. Oh, sorry, the former Rosemont Horizon, the Allstate Arena, in Rosemont, Illinois. We have Michael Cole, Jerry the King Lawler, and JBL on commentary, and they're they're pretty much our announcers for the bulk of the season. Uh, again, for better or worse, they're they're what we got. <laughs> we have a dark match where Bad News Barrett lost to Neville. We'll be seeing a bunch of them over the uh, coming months as well. And then we dive into our pay-per-view proper here with our first match on the main card, and that is Dean Ambrose taking on Luke Harper in a street fight. So pretty cool uh, match here. I was pretty excited to see this one get us started. Uh, Of course, old S.H.I.E.L.D. Wyatt family vibes from the year before. Uh, Harper not in the Wyatt family at this point. He's kind of out on his own. Of course, the S.H.I.E.L.D. is dissolved, but they still have the history between them uh it's you know i guess pretty basic weapons match out of the gate the fans are kind of into it they end up going backstage and they get a car and they leave together and it looked like that was it um for now (laughs) so we'll i guess we'll get back to it i guess when we come back to it yeah okay Um, Uh, so what second
2: uh, next up, we've got uh, Dolph Ziggler taking on my main man, Sheamus. Oh, baby. Uh, and this mm-hmm. is, of course, the Kiss Me Arse match. It uh, only goes about 10 minutes. Uh, Dolph Ziggler picks up the surprise win, um, and we get a uh, a lot of post-match antics, which we'll get into later. Um, but this is, I think, what you would expect from these two. Uh, they, I think they could have this match in their sleep, probably. Uh, I went uh, three and a quarter.
1: Yeah, it's it's pretty good. Um, we're going to see a lot of Sheamus this season. He's all over the place. Uh, this feud will continue on. Uh, of course, a lot of gimmicks. It's extreme rules. I went three and a quarter as well. This had really been the reintroduction of Sheamus with his new looking gimmick after being injured. Um, so that's kind of a big piece of this as we go forward as well. Uh, it's also we'll get a lot of Ziggler in, in 15 as well and 16. So, um, yeah, a, enjoyable match. Continues the card moving along. What we're already seeing aesthetically, to me, too, everyone uh, wrestling a stiffer style. Uh, Mm -hmm. Everyone is, um, you know, kind of looks a little bit more stripped down and basic, right? Like, so a lot of this baseline gear and look in this time period, it definitely feels more um, street fighty, like real feel to it. But uh, it's a very aggressive product so far. Like, all the matches so far have been very hard hitting and aggressive. And that continues throughout the night.
0: Yep. All
1: right. Up next, we have our tag team title match as Tyson, Kidd, and Cesaro defend against the New Day of Biggie and Kofi Kingston. Uh, New Day were still heels at this point. They just really come together in January. Kidd and Cesaro are awesome. They were a great team. Um, you know, it was cool that they put the belt on them. You know, they obviously, could have been a lot more in their future if Kidd doesn't get hurt soon. Yeah, But while they were together They were fantastic And this match really delivered It's a big moment for New Day They win their first tag team titles um, You know, they, they kind of debuted to silence in January But they've slowly worked up some heat To this point To now the crowd is engaged in their matches They'll of course grow from there And become a top 2-3 to tag team of all time uh, But for now It's just their first title win on this random card Following Mania uh, but I went four stars. I really, really dug this match.
2: Uh, I am uh, right there with you. I went four stars as well. This is uh, top-tier tag team action. Curious to see how much of this we're going to get this season. Um, yeah, and unfortunately, I, I don't think we're going to see a ton of Kid and Cesaro because I think that injury is coming up pretty soon for Tyson Kidd. But um, those guys are awesome. Uh, I think they have some of the best tag matches in company history. Um, and yeah, I mean, this is where we... Really get uh, started with a new day in their, uh, well, a couple of their reigns, but this is a big one. So, um, yeah, four stars for me as well. And that takes us to another title match Mm -hmm. for our United States Championship. It is John Cena defending against Rusev. uh, And this is a Russian chain match.
1: Well, actually, before that, that. before we get to that, we have the return of uh, Ambrose and Harper.
2: Oh, okay, I couldn't remember if they came back here or uh, after the match.
1: Yeah, it's it's right before this, they come back fighting. Uh, it was intense. They're really beating the crap out of each other, all the chairs, um, and Ambrose ends up winning when he slams Harper off the top into the pile of chairs and hits the dirty deeds. So the match time is, is like 55 minutes uh, in full, I guess, um, but it's really about five minutes or so post brawl. I think it was kind of cool, it was unique. I like the way they did it. It fits in with Ambrose being kind of a maniac um you know that they did something different why not mix it up a little bit and it's almost a little bit of homage to piper and goldust wrestlemania 12 in a way Mm -hmm. with the lingerie so i went i went three stars i I thought it was a perfectly fine wwe mid-2000s era brawl yep right there with you three stars as well okay all right pick it back up john cena rusev
2: yeah john cena rusev u.s title russian chain match uh cena Retains uh, and defeats Rusev in his own specialty match. Uh, I went two and a half. It was largely unspectacular for me. Um, I just think that these two could do a lot more. I think Rusev continually losing to Cena doesn't help. Kind of, he loses his his aura, I think, and his his sense of danger uh, when he's losing to Cena. So, you know, coming off of WrestleMania, you know, if you're gonna beat Rusev, I get it. Do it big. Do it at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if we need if we need to beat him twice here um, with the with the chain match. So two and a half for me.
1: Yeah, I went two and a quarter. This was super disappointing. Uh, Rusev won back in February, and then as is the formula for the most part from 2014 to like 16 with John Cena, he has a three match series, loses the first, wins the next two, and that's pretty much what they do like rinse and repeat with him and they did it here rusev won the first cena beats him a mania but at least rusev had the tank so that, that got him over um but yeah this this i feel like was one rusev probably could have won it's his own gimmick you can use the chain as an excuse uh this definitely felt like you know something that didn't need to happen and the format didn't help them either like just just have the chain be the weapon in the match Without doing the stupid touch the poles um, because that really kept uh, killing the momentum of the yeah. match. Um, I just could not get into it. I, I thought it was super disappointing. I really like Rusev. I liked him at the time. Uh, you know, this is during what's been heralded as seen as kind of super run, right? U.S. champion and uh, where he kind of goes full indie dream match guy. Um, d- didn't start yet though. It doesn't seem like with Rusev, so we'll see if things change for him a little bit, but. This this definitely was disappointing. I was I was disappointed watching it. Yep. All right, Marcus. Next up, uh, you can look but you can't touch as Nikki Bella comes out to defend her women's title, or I'm sorry, still divas title against Naomi. Of course, this was uh, in the midst of Nikki building up her record-breaking title run. Uh, I don't know if they said how long she had it at this point, but she's had it for a bit. I think she won it. At, it was the Survivor Series, I believe, it was where she first started and the so? reign yeah so uh she's rolling with that you know naomi's a pretty good challenger she uh, gives her a push but we get the usual uh kind of i guess twin magic we don't get too too much i mean Bree does get involved in the finish but um she's not involved too much throughout the match and then nikki finishes with the rack attack to end it so i I, this is fine I, i just think at this point it was obvious they needed some fresh blood in the women's division and we'd get it very soon so uh, I went two and a half on the match itself. I thought it was pretty good. I like Nikki. Um, you know, I thought she really improved herself over this year' title uh, with the title reign. I thought she is able to hang with some of the girls that'll end up coming up, and I think she was a little over maligned during this run.
2: Yeah, I'm a fan of Nikki Bella too during this run. I think she's, um, you know, a pretty big part of the uh, upcoming. Uh, going to call it not a not a revolution but a uh i guess evolution
0: mm-hmm.
2: that said i i don't um i i didn't get this match like mechanically it was okay but the booking was all over the place nothing really made sense you've got naomi who's getting this match because she had beaten nikki before but then lost about a battle royal i think right. and then kind of snapped and attacked Paige and so that makes her a heel, but she comes out and she's smiling and she's dancing and she's not acting like a heel. She doesn't do anything that really looks makes her look like a heel. Nikki's sister Brie interferes, which would make Nikki a heel. It was all over the place. So two for me.
1: All right. Well, from that brings us to our most surprising perhaps match of the night, Marcus. Wow. Uh,
2: that is. A last man standing match, and it Mm -hmm. is the big dog, Roman Reigns, taking on the big show. Uh Reigns is gonna pick up the big dub. And I believe this is uh where Roman does the uh stacking spot. Um stands on top of the uh or just overturns the uh announce table on top of Big Show. Yep. Uh and that's enough to uh keep that big nasty giant down. Uh but they do a lot of a lot of fun stuff here. Like they don't they don't really stray away from what you would expect it's a lot of big spots it's a lot of heavy contact um you know reigns continually brings the fight his selling is so good oh my gosh yeah Mm -hmm. i I love roman reigns selling Uh, so good uh makes big show just look super menacing and uh you feel sympathetic for reigns so uh this one over delivered and i went four i went
1: four as well it's and this is during a maligned rain stretch right i mean Everyone was not happy when he won the rumble. Uh, You know, it led to the Rollins thing at mania and they had some work to do here under 15 to rehab reigns. We'll see if it ends up being successful, but this is a really good start for them for sure. I guess he's great in this match. Big show is great in this match. This definitely came out of nowhere, especially with the gimmick because last man standing is usually, um, you know, a, a tough match to grade or, really get into because they they continued breaking of the flow with accounts but it didn't really affect this one maybe because they're both big dudes and we're really laying bombs in Mm -hmm. um you kind of didn't mind the break in between but they really hustled i mean they worked their asses off in this one and it it completely caught me off guard i knew that they had a good match at some point i just was not prepared that it was here when it came up Um, but it really delivered the crowd was super into it too like they they fully bought in um so yeah i dug this quite a bit i was I was shocked at how good this was.
2: Yeah, like when you have two guys like Roman Reigns in the big show with their their size and presentation working the style of match, it works. When you mm-hmm. have, you know, uh, Gargano and, and Ciampa working the style of match, <laughs> copy and paste in spots uh, in NXT, it, it doesn't hit the same, I don't think, at least right. not for me.
1: All right, we get Bo Dallas uh, coming out after that right back shows up and beats the shit out of him <laughs> so we got that going on uh then we get our main event which is the title steel cage match seth rollins taking on randy orton of course orton had defeated rollins at mania before he cashed in so kind of naturally set him up as top contender uh, the rko was banned and kane is the guardian of the gate at the ringside um, kane was the director of operations for the authority at this point we get j and j security who's jamie noble um and joey mercury so they're working on behalf of the authority as uh pretty much back up to rollins so we're very heavy into the corporate authority idea here like it's it's driving a lot of the programming uh for sure and we see it heavily in this match to me it's way too much kane involved in this um and that continues on like him and Orton. i mean him and uh rollins are just like ongoing bickering uh week after week and month after month during this time it's pretty boring uh orton ends up hitting the rko on kane which was fine uh because there's only bands to use on rollins so we get to see an rko anyway uh but then rollins hits an rko on orton and escapes so again like orton probably wasn't going to win here so whatever but i thought they did a pretty good job i went three and a quarter orton's always super smooth especially in this era by this point he had really mastered his craft and Rollins is really starting to build up you know to be on the run of a lifetime for him at this point so you know not the show stealer not the best match of the show by any means but a a very good main event three and a quarter for me yeah
2: um main event's fine I went with three Uh, I really love Orton during the stretch so I'm excited to get to watch him during the season And, and Rollins I think I think you think Seth Rollins like this is kind of the season that stands out. Um, yeah. So you know we're getting to see the beginning stages of of that title uh, run that he's gonna have. Way too much Kane, and I say that <laughs> as uh, probably a uh, mm. a Kane apologist at times, but way I mean, too by, much Kane. By this point, it's just way too much focus on Kane, especially when you got like a an all timer like Randy Orton in there. I don't know why we need to shift the focus to Kane. Um, so yeah, a lot of, a lot of questionable booking there and decisions being made, but, uh, that, that notwithstanding, uh, it was a really, really fun match. They did a good job trying to work around the no RKO thing. And I think this is during the stretch when Rollins can't use the stomp. That's like a Vince edict.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: So, you know, to see Rollins pull out the pedigree, um, it was cool. Commentary didn't help at all, but, uh, him actually hitting the move, and then or trying to hit the move, and and uh, Orton reversing and hitting the move. That was that was kind of cool. All
1: right, so that nets out to a four point seven five for match grade. So pretty good, uh, pretty right. solid showing across the board. Uh, and yeah, I mean, really, nothing was too down on the show in the ring. I mean, even Naomi, Nikki, and Cena Rusev, like we weren't fans of it, but they're still over two, so we didn't really have anything anything bad on the show. All right, let's get to our categories. We'll start with build as our first one. So talk about all the pluses and minuses of the build-up to the pay-per-view. We gave a point for the Ambrose Harper build coming off of Mania uh, and kind of steady from then. We gave a point for Sheamus crushing Ziggler during his big return to Raw to set up their match. A point for the Cena-Rusev long-running feud that's been going since February. We gave a point for Cena starting the U.S. title Open Challenge during this time period. A point for Naomi injuring Paige and taking her slot. A point for the slow rebuild of Reigns, kind of using the authority as clear heels to try and get him over and get him some face pops. Uh, and a point for the clean story for Orton. Like, he came in, he won a Mania, he deserved the title match once Rollins won. So, pretty straightforward main event story.
2: Yeah, uh, I like that that little touch there with Orton kind of naturally being the number one contender. Uh, for our minuses, though, for build, uh, we've got the over-the-top authority stuff. Feels really played out, um, even by this point. Uh, Ron's and Kane bickering is pretty lame. Uh, Brian taking a vicious bro kick on raw uh, the week that he is also forced to the sidelines um, that that's going down at this time. So uh, that's all we got for our minuses. JT. All
1: right. And to be a four um, for that, the authority stuff really feels played out. Like you mentioned it there. Like, I don't know why <laughs> there's nothing exciting about being this obsessive, like over corporate culture. And authority figures have been kind of an albatross for many years in the WDF, really dating back to, you know, the McMahon stuff in the in the Attitude era, and it's something that's been a constant on programming really until almost recently. They don't do it as much today; it's not as big of a thing. But uh, for so long, it was such a dominating feature of the programming, and it's fine. But then to like double down on it and be obsessive over the brand and who the corporate, you know, the right corporate people are. And it, it's just like, like, people want to really, I know like you always hear like wrestling's escapism, this and that, like you really, if you have an office job or you work for a big company, like you really don't want to be here listening listen about PowerPoints and, you know, no. decks of slides and like who's going to deliver and the marketing people in the back. Like it, it's just, it becomes this weird fascination with it, with the authority in charge. And it just, like, dominates all these storylines. And then you get Kane, director of operations. Like, it's just, no one, it's not interesting. <laughs> this is not interesting to, you know, be worried about the corporate structure of the WWE. Like, that's not what we're here for. So, <laughs> it's just kind of lame.
2: Yeah, nope, I'm right there with you.
1: All right, let's get over to commentary. It's a weird team. I mean, mid-2010s Cole uh, and King in his, you know, Halcyon days the end of his run. And then JBL, who I loved back in 06, 07, not so much since the comeback here. Uh, they have this weird I guess we'll get to it in some of the negatives, but another weird trope of this era of WWE, beyond the corporate stuff, is their obsession of like being like legit sports announcers. From the way they stand and talk and present things and um you get it here where it's almost like folksy with the three of these guys like they don't there's like not, not as much excitement or they're not like fired up and calling they're just like talking like you know it's on a baseball game yeah it's just, like a lot of talking and like JBL's muted voice is weird anyway you know like yeah I don't know Seamus looking real big in there you know what I mean like it's just, it's just odd it's just <laughs> and like they're just trying to be very just, yeah, like, sports-focused commentator. And, and we even get that with some of the interviewers and the pre-show panels and all that stuff, too. And I I appreciate what they try and do, but it's like, you know, I miss, like, the clear face, the clear heel, with the way they would talk to each other, um, you know, the bickering, the excitement of a gorilla monsoon. Like, where's that? You know, like, I don't need these three guys just having a conversation.
2: Yeah, and, like, Jesse and, and Gorilla would... Kind of like have their monotone conversations, but like it'd be interesting. It, right. <laughs> it, it would, uh,
1: you know, be an appropriate point in a match. So, but it was always upbeat. Like Gorilla was always up. Hey, Jess, you know, and Jesse always was thought spoke with authority, right? He's yeah. not just like, yeah, I don't know, King. You know, whatever. <laughs> What's King gonna do in this match right here? Like it's just very. Um, it's like he's leaving a voicemail. I, I don't even know how to explain <laughs> it. You know, it's like. Or he's like, tweet, like, talk to text to tweet something. It's just like, everything <laughs> is like a soundbite, I guess, is like how to say it, you know? Yeah. Like, it's a conversation of sound bites, Like a video game or something. It's weird.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, that said, let's talk about the positives. Uh, there's a lot of talk about the Cubs never winning the World Series. It's in Chicago. It feels timely, because they end up winning the next year. So, uh, I don't know, a point for that. that. Yeah, it felt kind of cool. Uh, a point for King trying to, you know, tie in his kiss my foot Uh, History to kiss my ass, kind of wondering if they hadn't washed their ass to prep. Like I I thought that was pretty funny, uh, use of his experience in this genre, Uh, and then a point for them weaving in the past chain matches from company history into Mm -hmm. Cena Rusev. So they're pretty good at that. Like the one thing Cole is good at during the stretch is really bringing the history out of uh, you know the company into where it fits in.
2: Yeah, that was nice, and I wonder if that's um, a product of like the WWE Network being up and launching, where people can go back and watch that stuff. Uh, but that was a nice surprise. Let's get into the minuses here. We've got uh, King and Cole stuttering to sell Am- uh, Ambrose and Harper's car finish with like, uh, oh, I, I guess they 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 drove they drove off. Like it's it's just really forced. Uh, JBL and King struggling early, uh, mush mouthing jokes uh, that they try to get shoved in. The social media obsession with hashtags and trends. We saw this mm-hmm. back in our 11-12 season. Um, they still haven't ironed it out here. Uh, JBL way overselling Seamus having to uh, kiss Dolph's behind. We've got commentary, uh, audio sounding odd.
1: uh, Did you you notice that? I put this note. Like, I don't know if it was just the way they were mic'd or recorded, but like, it just sounded really weird and old timey. I don't don't know how to explain it. Like, Cole sounded not like Cole in the show. And it's not a constant. It's like, by the next pay-per-view, it sounds okay again. Mm -hmm. I don't really get it. I don't know what was up with it.
2: Yeah, like Definitely I remember they were weren't they like trying to like experiment with uh like people in the crowd listening to commentary on like headphones or something? Like I, I'm trying to like rack my brain as like why there'd right. be any reason it would sound different, but it is it
1: sounded odd. I don't yeah. I don't know what
2: it was. Yeah, a, a, a rare uh production miscue there. Um and we got the announcers being uh pretty boring uh, throughout most of the, most of the night, as we talked about. There's just um not much personality and uh, a lot of insight, but mostly snoozers all night. Yeah. Just, commentary.
1: It's, it's like, it's not as bad as you would expect given the three guys. It, it's just boring. It's like, they're just talking, you know, it's just odd. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. It's just, uh, it's weird. All right. Let's get to, at, and, and the social media thing is definitely true. It's, it, thankfully it's actually better than it was at 11, 12. Mm-hmm. Um, 1112 was like obsessive. It was way too much here. They're still doing it with Twitter mainly, but it doesn't seem to be as, as intense as it was uh, during that time period. They're always behind with
2: like their presentation of, of social media or things that are like hip and current. Like this is how they should have been presenting social media in 1112. So by the time we get to 1516, we should be presenting it differently. And like, we're still several years behind.
1: Yeah. Yep, I agree. At least there's no more tout. (laughs) Uh, Leave the memories alone. (laughs) All right. uh, Atmosphere, a really cool, um, massive skyline video. Wall set looked really neat, kind of, you know, setting up for the, playing off the Chicago skyline. Uh, The crowd revved up for Ambrose and a hot start. They were really into that. Uh, The crowd was really invested in Sheamus Dolph Ziggler. They were loud throughout the match. Uh, A lot of fun. Heat, A new day all through their match. The crowd was super into Cesaro and Kid as well, which was cool because you don't really think of them as maybe being like an over team, uh, even as good as they were in the ring. A point for Rusev's just amazing entrance. You got the chain, the pounding music, just look great. A point for the usual boisterous scene entrance, the, the crowd is split. Uh, a point for Reigns winning over the crowd through a great match. He earned a pot for the win, which wasn't a given during this time period. Mm-hmm. Uh, a point for the cool idea of showing the Carnage on ringside for showing Reigns that kind of navigate us around and show us how that went. A point for uh, the great heat during the Ryback Bo Dallas segment, surprisingly, the crowd is into that. Yeah. The crowd is hot for Orton, a point for that too. This is a great, I mean, Chicago is always great, but they really came up for this.
2: Yeah. The, I guess, I don't know if we want to talk about the Ryback here. I was just so surprised to see him be so over in 2015. I did not expect to see that. Uh, but let's get into the minuses. We've got the crowd being pissed with the original uh, non-finish ending to Ambrose and Harper um, after being so uh, so into it early on. We've got loudy and punk chants on and off during the night. Uh, makes it a little bit awkward. Uh, the crowd is loudly chanting boring during a long authority backstage segment, rightfully so. And uh, this pretty hot crowd is really dead for uh, our main uh, character, Seth Rollins, uh, especially for his entrance.
0: Yep.
1: All right, so uh, pretty strong night. We gave a seven uh, for atmosphere here again. A really, really good crowd in Chicago. All right, so one thing I think is gonna be a trend during the season and probably during the mid 2010s, uh, a lack of big moments and importance. Um, you know, we we last episode we just talked about WrestleMania 21 that had dozens, you know, of them. Um, less just happens on these shows of note. The matches are all real good. But a lot of times it's a series of random matches. So we don't get a ton of things happening. We don't get a lot of backstage stuff or, um, you know, other stuff. It's, it just ends up being a lot of match, 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 which is great because, you know, for years, everyone kind of clamored for that. Right. And they're delivering it. So cool. But it does lead in a project like this to have a lot less um, maybe title changes or big moments or notable things that happen. It's just kind of rinse, repeat shows. So. That said, we only have uh, three positives here, and two are in one thing. We give two points for New Day winning the tag titles for the first time. I mean, it's a big deal. It, they're going to be one of the greatest tag teams in company history. Um, so it, it's a pretty monumental moment when they win the tag belt. So we gave two points for that. And we give a point for Nikki, continuing her record reign.
2: Yep. And our only minus is Dana Bryan being taken off the card due to head injuries.
1: Yes, sucks. Allegedly. <laughs> Yes. Uh, All right. Two stars for that. Uh, Two stars. So two points for that. Four point seven five for match grades, as we noted. So you know, building some momentum here. Card structure: we gave a point for the great choice to open with a super over Dean Ambrose and Weapons Brawl. Uh, Another point for splitting up Ambrose and Harper made it feel even more wild, like we talked about earlier. A point for the good variants and gimmicks for the show. They really kind of mixed it up. Nothing felt too on top of each other. And then a point for closing with the World Title match, which we're always fans of.
2: uh, yep, and for our minuses, we've got uh going from the backstage fight non-finish to a long authority drawn out segment. Uh, that was bad for the crowd and flow of the oh. show. Yeah, we've got seven minutes of post-match work, uh, just to get to the swerve finish with Sheamus and Dolph, which was well executed, uh, mm-hmm. the low blow, but it took seven minutes, uh, after the one, two, three to get there. Uh, Barrett being pushed uh, to the kickoff show when Brian got hurt. That was a bummer. I should have just done the chain match without the corner taps, as we talked about. Um, It really, again, like it completes any kind of real float in the matchup. Um, So many ads and and segments that are not really about the show. Um, Mm -hmm. We're definitely in the uh, ad era of pay-per-views, including the Tough Enough videos, which I didn't didn't care to see either. Uh, All the authority drama and Kane BS just really swallows up what would have been a pretty good main event and just slows things down
1: so it comes down to a negative two um definitely kind of a messed up card structure overall the the commercials and ads really uh drag things down the authority segments drag things down kane drags things down so um yeah just you know it's like they they had they had the guys there and they had the idea but they just mismanaged a bunch of stuff throughout it mm-hmm. All right. rewatchability. We gave a point to Ambrose caning Harper in the head to start the match. It just look nasty. A point for Sheamus hitting a low blow on Ziggler instead of kissing his ass. That was pretty well done. At a point for show. Chokes on the reins through the tables on the floor. Look great.
2: Uh, and for our biases, we got all the ads after every match nonstop. We went minus two.
1: Yes. And that brings us to a one. Uh, no all time matches on this show. Nothing uh, with a double four and a quarter or all-time bad either. So that nets us out, Marcus, to a 13.75 for Extreme Rules. Yeah, that's a pretty solid showing to kick off the season. Um, That kind of puts it right dead center almost. Uh, At this point, uh, before we get to our second show of the night, we would have done 57 pay-per-views, and that would be the 29th. So... Almost about halfway right now at the midpoint. It's tied with Capital Punishment 2011 and WrestleMania 2000. So I mean, not bad to be tied to WrestleMania 2000. Like that's that's pretty impressive, uh, I guess, in its own right. Um, our tiebreaker metric is best overall match based on combined grade. So WrestleMania 2000 is the top of these three because it has the the latter match was fives from us. Capital Punishment 11 actually uh, had the better match too compared to this. So this yeah. is the third of those three.
2: Yeah. That's um, the first yeah. Orton and uh, um, Christian match.
1: Yes. Yep. So yeah. So strong showing, um, I'd say pretty, pretty solid. Anything jump out of you is, you know, unexpected or something that maybe you thought else, elsewhere was coming. Um,
2: I thought maybe with this and maybe it'll, it'll go on as uh, the season goes on, but uh, you mentioned it earlier. We've got a lot of characters, we have different in-ring styles, it is definitely more of an athletic presentation, but Mm
0: -hmm.
2: we still have different sized wrestlers and characters and different fighting styles, and I think that makes for an easier watch and a more complete show. So I really enjoyed that about this event, which I was not expecting to, and I felt like all that made this, again, it's a middle-of-the-road show, but I think that's a positive in this case, I don't think it's a negative
1: agreed and um i'll be curious to me the big thing will be how much you know as these shows go do we start to get a lot of different moments or things happening or are these papers all going to feel very similar so like where does the mix-up come in these you know um we already know the commentary is probably going to stay what we just talked about on our pluses and minuses right they're going to bring in some history and some insights but overall going to be kind of boring and straightforward. Are they going to keep it status quo overall? We know there's a good chance for atmosphere, maybe it'll be pretty good in some of these. Um, But, you know, we talked about it in our last one. The moments really drive the grades on these pay per views, and I don't think we're going to get a ton of those.
2: Yeah, I I don't think so, but, um, you know, we'll see what the project brings us.
1: let's head to our next show to uh, close out the night. And that's going to be payback 2015, May 17th from the Royal farms arena in Baltimore, 10,000 in attendance. We have our same announced team, JBL Cole and the King. We had two dark matches or pre-show matches on the night. Our truth defeating Stardust and the Ascension defeating the meta powers of Curtis Axel and Macho Mandow. Uh, If you're not feeling you're very much at a time capsule hearing those two (laughs) names and um, there you go. And we open up with a rematch from Extreme Rules that is she- uh Seamus taking on Dolph Ziggler. So the fallout from the Kiss My Arse match with Ziggler attacking him after. Um, I I enjoyed this quite a bit again. I think these guys have actually a pretty good chemistry. It again was a very stiff match. Um Seamus shit talking him and nails him with a headbutt at the end. Dolph comes back with a super kick, which gets two. And uh, we see that Ziggler's head is bleeding from the headbutt, and then Shamus buries him with the bro kick. Um, so a pretty hot finish to an opener here. It went 12 minutes, um, and I dug it. I, I dug it quite a bit, actually. So I went uh, three and a half. So I had it just a notch above the match at Extreme Rules.
2: Yeah, I like this a lot. It They wrestled it different from uh, the Kiss, Kiss Me Arse match uh, from earlier. Uh, yeah, just a lot more intensity and that headbutt from Dolph um, was really awesome. Uh, so I went uh, 3.75. So three and three quarters for me. Um, this one definitely, definitely delivered and uh, was a good way to start off our night. And this is the type of like, almost a of staple, like, right. Oh, it's just—it's just so good, uh, for for really no reason. Um, and then for Ziggler too, I think Ziggler is really good during the stretch, and I almost forget that Ziggler like this is one of his many, um, I don't know, like organic pushes from the crowd. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've gathered that I should have mentioned that with the uh, Extreme Rules show, but it's present here. Like he's really over with the fans organically, and um, I remember wanting him to be Intercontinental Champion at this time. Um, and, and hopefully get like that main event push finally. Um, so we'll see if he can reach that this season or not, but this was a really way to really solid way to start off our, our evening. Agreed. Uh, and that takes us to our tag team title match for the evening. It is Tyson Kidd and Cesaro getting their return match against the new day. And this is two out of three falls. Uh, they're going to go close to 13 minutes and it is going to go all three falls with the New Day picking up the win. Um, this was definitely more of a sprint. I would have loved to see these two have this kind of match on TV where, and, well, I say that, maybe they did. I don't remember it. Um, but, yeah, would I like to see a two out of three falls match with these two uh, teams get a lot more time, especially on a pay-per-view, uh, just to see what they can do. But uh, that being said, it's it's a good match to establish. The new day firmly as heels because we get the switch in there, Um, and new day had been like slowly progressing his heels as as the months went on. So this was like their final uh, nail to like complete the heel turn. So um, three and a half for me, J T.
1: Yeah, I went three and a half as well. I'm with you. Um, You know, I was glad to see Cesaro and Kid. Get another pay-per-view match in this rematch. They didn't just kind of let them go by the wayside once they lost the belts. The two out of three step is always a good, you know, fun one. And they give Cesaro and Kid a, a win in the first one, too. So it, it felt good that they weren't just again like buried or rolled over. Um, it was it was really good. Uh you know, it only goes 12 and a half minutes for a three-fall match, so they really cram a lot in here. And I thought it played up nicely off of the last match. New day continues to grow. And continue to build momentum and get the crowd uh, more into their act. And C- Kid and Cesaro are always going to deliver in the ring. So, yeah, three and a half from me. And we're off to a pretty good start for the show in the ring, for sure. Mm. All right. Up next, we have Ryback taking on Bray Wyatt, who had made his return. He had taken a little bit of a break after Mania. Uh, Ryback, you know, he it kind of is what he is at this point. Like, he's not super over but he does bring a lot of energy and and charisma into the ring with him. Uh, but this was all about kind of rebuilding Wyatt uh, back up since his return to see kind of where we're going to go next. So Ryback does a- avoid a Sister Abigail, hits a shell shock. Um, but Wyatt ends up coming back, shoving Ryback into the exposed turnbuckle corner, and then hitting a Sister Abigail. Wins a match in just under 11 minutes. So I ended up going uh, three stars on this. Again, you know, I thought it was rock solid. Nothing to make you too excited. But also, um, I would say actually probably overachieved a little bit.
2: Yeah, definitely overachieved. It's a little bit more than a sprint, but uh, towards the end, they really turn on the Jets, and <laughs> it really does turn into, like, a, a ha-sprint uh, for the final couple minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of those matches where, like, I, they did way better than expected, not just in the ring, but, like, creatively, too. Like, how do you get these two characters to interact? It just feels unnatural, and yeah, I still don't really buy it, but, like, the explanation... You know, with uh, Wyatt trying to get Ryback back to like doubt himself, and um, you know, I think I think it was fine. So, it, yeah, well, know, we'll see with Wyatt. Like, I think that character has many problems, but it's just limited, I think. But uh, they did fine here, um, and it was it was a cool big boy sprint. Mm-hmm. Uh, so JT, uh, we both went three there. That takes us to a, another big boy match, as we've got. For the United States Championship, it is John Cena taking on Rusev, and this is an I Quit match. And God, I
1: forgot they had four. Usually he has a three-match, but they did fight in February, right? I'm not misremembering that.
2: No, they. De- I'm pretty sure they fought in February.
1: Yeah, I guess that's the one Rusev won, right? I know he won at least one. Yes, yes. Let me check it real quick. Yeah, uh, was it Fastlane? I think that'd be it. Uh, yeah, he beat him, right. By submission to win the U.S. title, so God, four times. I, I thought usually I know three was the standard with Cena, but okay, this one had this one has four.
2: Uh, these guys are gonna get plenty of time. Almost thirty minutes. Twenty-seven fifty-eight is the official match time, and uh, they get a little bit of an out here where Rusev doesn't really say "I quit." He's talking in uh, you know, Ru- or Bulgarian um and uh, lana is actually the one who translates and says that rusev quits and quits for rusev uh, and the referee counts it so uh it's a win for john cena it's another loss without really being a loss for rusev but you can only do so many of these before they start to pile up Mm -hmm. Um, the action was kind of taken straight out of the cena umaga playbook Uh, with these two so anytime you're stealing from that i mean that's totally fine uh this one gets two and three quarters for me
1: this goes a half hour that's a lot of time um it was a long match i went two and three quarters as well so i guess a little bit better than the last one despite the length again i just don't see why cena had to beat this guy three times um three out of four seems like a bit much i know they're trying to Start the Rusev Lana split out of this because he's pissed that she quit for him. Um, so it was fine. It was just it was very it, to me to never have found like a real groove or a pace. I, these guys are surprisingly just don't have much chemistry. I, I think all their matches are pretty much around the same level. And and again, I think Cena beating him three straight just is, is no good. I, I, this can be tough. Tough to rebuild them out of this. Um, we'll see what they do. But this was like a real momentum killer for a guy that was quite over. Uh, for a bit, so
0: mm-hmm.
1: Alright uh, So next up, we go back To our Divas division, as the Bella Twins Take on Tamina and Naomi Kind of a random match here, but uh, Tamina have been, you know, working Alongside Naomi, they both feel like they're Kind of overlooked in the division With no title match on the show, because they're trying to get Bree involved as well, pretty straightforward um, Overall, we get some Twin Magic stuff again the Bellas go over, I went two stars It was just kind of there Six minutes.
2: Yep. yep, same Same thing. I have nothing else to add. Uh, two stars for me. Okay. Uh, so it takes us to another contest, and it is between Neville and mm-hmm. King Barrett, or yep. I guess our newly crowned King Barrett. Yes. Um, as we had the King of the Ring event that took place over on uh, TV, and I think they did a little network special for an hour or two mm-hmm. uh, to formally crown Barrett. So this is the fallout from that. Uh, Barrett is going to get himself... Uh, not disqualified but counted out Uh, they end up getting the action back in the ring and Neville ends up hitting the red arrow to uh, send everybody home happy there but um, yeah, I remember at the time these two working together and it felt like a way to like slow Neville down to get him to work more TV style Um, I think Neville is like the best high flyer that they've ever had and I think Bear is an excellent um he's like an excellent pace man like he's not going to keep pace with you he knows when to turn it up he knows when to turn it down and he's got really strong character work so uh that i i think it could have been a lot better i only went two but i think it's just because it feels kind of heatless it felt like a it felt like it let me down it felt like this should have been on tv and I think if you take this off the pay-per-view um i think it helps both guys and Uh i think it helps the show too
1: yeah, it's a little disappointing. Uh, two and a quarter. Barrett's in a weird spot. Like they're trying to get re- you know, back behind him to push him again. I just don't know if they missed the window with him. Though. You know, I mean, like he's in great shape. He looks great. You know, he can work a little bit. But it feels again like maybe they they missed the window with him by this point. Is he? Is the crowd kind of too checked out on him? Um, you know, to to really end up doing anything of substance. Neville's great, but when he's just pretty much shelling the whole match until the finish. Um, it's tough too, and they didn't really get a lot of time to build something. Um, and then a count-out win, like it's kind of like, ugh, like you know, whatever. We want to see. I um, mean, he does hit the red arrow at least in the post-match, so that's something. But we want to see something made a little bit more here. So this felt like they just, okay, we got eight minutes, go do it, go fill it. You know, that's what it felt like to me. Like they didn't really. Um, they didn't see much in this match, so they just kind of left it as like, okay, we'll see where we're at for time before the main event and get yeah. that. All right, brings us to our main event, which is a pretty good build here. It's uh, Rollins, Orin, Ambrose, and Reigns, so the OE title. So it's kind of the big four that have been battling for the Bell. It's cool we get to see some shield offense in here, which is always fun. Um, you know, I, I, I don't want to say it was unpredictable per se, but. I think there's a chance maybe Rollins could drop it with these three guys. you got Kane menacing around, as usual, like we talked about a bunch already tonight. Uh, he's getting in the way. Um, but I thought all four really brought the energy both in and out of the ring. Um, we don't get the full Kane turn on it, so I don't know if that's still coming. But Rollins does get a win over three big names. So, you know, his ring continues to build. He continues to build up his case. Uh, I went four stars on the match. I thought it was uh, much you know, I it was better than the last month's main event for sure. Um, and this was like a smart way to use these four guys to eat up a month of title match.
2: Yeah, we've got enough star power and established names on this card to kind of allow for a big spectacle main event uh, with four big stars to to close things out without hurting the rest of the card. Yeah, man, this was this was pretty awesome. Uh, I've I've grown to really love these spectacle style. Uh, super mega main events that WWE does uh, throughout the seasons that we've done. Uh, crowd was super into the uh, brief Shield reunion that we got, and then uh, turned the tables on Rollins, and then the the Reigns Ambrose showdown. Um, and then from there, like getting into the finishing stretch where Orton um, mm-hmm. looks like he's gonna pick up the win. Like crowd was super into that too. And it's like, man, I think. Uh, oof i think he had three good options there um and they chose they chose a fourth option which was the worst of them all without Rollins retaining so it's like where does Rollins go from here right he's kind of like cleaned out all the contenders um and it feels like anything if you're going to do another singles match with any one of these three guys it feels like well he just survived slash beat all three of them so it's like a it's a step forward, but it's a step backwards. Um, well,
1: it feels like Orton's definitely done now because he's beaten them twice straight. Mm-hmm. I mean, Ambrose and Rollins didn't take, I mean, Ambrose and Reigns didn't take pins in this, so you could argue they're still in play. Um, Orton's cooked, though. Like, we're done. We're not, we can't go back to that one.
2: Yeah, I, I, I wish, I wish here they would have put the title on Orton. I think that would have been the move, but right. uh, I'm, I'm a bit of an Orton homer, as noted in uh, our last season.
1: Uh, but this got a, a strong four for me. Okay. All right. Why don't we go ahead and get to our categories here for payback? Uh, I should say that nets out to a 3.75 for matches. So again, pretty strong. I mean, just, just behind by a point from Extreme Rules. So they kept it going in the ring. All right. Uh, for build, we give a point for Bray Wyatt stalking Ryback, trying to show he's actually weak inside. It was a pretty interesting approach. It's a mind games. A point, again, for the scene of Rusev feud is, even if the matches aren't going the way we want, the feud itself has been pretty long running and built. Uh, At a point for Naomi, continued to feel overlooked at the expense of the Bellas. At a point for Barrett, winning King of the Ring in between these two shows and coming in here at the Crown.
2: Yep. Uh, For our Ministers, we've got a very rematch-heavy card, um, which lends itself to just some lazy booking. Uh, Kane and Rollins and the Authority backstage bickering. uh, It's still going on and really just dominates uh, the entire build to the main event. And then Brian being injured again, uh, having to vacate the Intercontinental
1: title. So that gives us a score of two uh, commentary uh, point for Cole having pretty good frustration with new day cheating to win kind of helps cement them as heels with the little free bird thing that are going on a point for the good focus on the uh, physicality of Ryback and Wyatt, which is uh, kind of surprising honestly with uh, how aggressive that was a point for the crowd being into everything. Um, actually, that should be these last two should be in the next category. It's not going to change the net score, but. I'll just switch them up. So that was it for commentary. All
2: right. Uh, for a we've got JBL ranting against <laughs> bullying is a uh, pretty tough look. Uh, the social media obsession continued by our commentary teams. Uh, King keeps saying hibbity-jibbies when talking about Oh, so ice. weird. Like, it feels. Yeah. It's like, what is, what is that, man? Um, odd conversation, a low-tone joke um, in comment style versus exciting presentation, which we talked about. Again, it's the whole, like... Guys talking over a nine inning baseball game where there might be six hits and uh, something that should
1: be uh, a lot more exciting. It's really weird. I don't. I don't get it. I really don't get the stuff. It's like, it's just so weird. Like you think it'd be okay. this conversation is pretty good, but it's just like, yeah, just this weird, dull tone throughout. Yeah. I don't know. And heebie-jeebies. I just. I don't, <laughs> <never>. <laughs>
2: And uh, one last one, we've got Cole screaming that Rollins is using Triple H's pedigree.
1: All right, so I I moved a couple there so that our our score is negative three for commentary, which feels about right. Uh, But those two did move over to atmosphere again. It's not going to change our total score that we had already prepped. Um, Just shifted two of the points over here. A point for how hot the crowd is for the opening. A very exciting start. A good pop and buzz for the Orioles during the New Day promo. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. um, I think they were in a little, like, No, I guess they were back down by this point, right? 2012 was kind of the little run, right? I think they're
2: still good in 15 because they still have, like, Machado, uh, Davis, Davis, Adam Jones, J.J. Hardy. This is a really good um, Orioles team. I think they're at least contending or expecting to be, like, wild-card contenders. Right.
1: Uh, all right. A point for the crowd being hot for the final fall and finish of the tag match. A point for the classic Wyatt entrance. Also, you know, always hits a point for the crowd being really engaged to Ryback and Wyatt as well. Like they were really into it, um, had a heavyweight slugfest feel a point for Rusev's ominous entrance, a point for the Cena entrance always has the crazy crowd split a point for the crowd being hot for all the faces in the main event. Uh, a point really for the, the crowd just They were into everything, no matter what Constant buzzing and engagement And then a uh, big pop for the Reigns and Ambrose Table power bomb on a cane Kind of shield reuniting there So that was kind of neat yep. uh, And we only have
2: two minuses here We've got a very basic set And the crowd not really being into Barrett um,
1: and, and the count out finish uh, So that's a eight for atmosphere So the Baltimore crowd definitely brought it on this show our notable moments: uh, New Day starting to use the Freebird rules. Point for that because it becomes a big part of their gimmick. A point for New Day's uh, celebrating with milk, and then they get told they have to defend in a chamber, and they argue they can't. It's not fair because they can't all be in a chamber together, all three of them. So that was good. A uh, point for Naomi pinning Nikki in a tag match. So interesting there. A point for the Shield reuniting uh, with a triple power bomb on Orton, and then Ambrose and Reigns attacking Rollins when he tries to celebrate with them. That was fun. Uh, so. You know, a couple memorable moments there, but again, not a ton.
2: No, uh, we don't have a ton in the minuses either. We've got a nonsensical Ryback promo. Uh, we've got uh <laughs> knockout suddenly doesn't equal I quit. And uh, even though it has in the past. Right. That and, was weird. Yeah. Yeah. The, the silly, silly, dusty finish there.
0: Yeah.
1: <sighs> um, all right. So two two points are a notable moment. So again, it's not, not a ton going on. 3.75 for match grades, card structure. We have a point for the good long hard far opener. Kind of sets the tone for an aggressive night. Uh, a point for the good focus on the long in ring matches to get the card going. And then a point for the star power main event.
2: And uh, we've got a long backstage authority raw segment. We've got a uh, weak first fall fin- uh, finish and loss for the New Day. Uh, didn't really feel super realistic. The supersized I quit match comes with a lot of downtime baked in again, 30 minutes to kill. That's that's a a tough ask there. Uh, Having Neville in a match with really no um, high flying paced action, Mm -hmm. uh, fast paced action, like you said, didn't do him any favors. And once again, too much corporate cane in the main event.
1: All right. So negative two for card structure continues to maybe be a drag on these shows. Rewatchability, kind of a lot going on here though uh xavier woods doing the full jimmy Hart of ringside as a fun throwback him barking orders all match uh a point for the red arrow post-match always worth watching again a point for reigns as tope into a bunch of dudes uh, a point for reigns and ambrose destroying kane with very painful table power bombs through rollins and then a point for the orton rollins top rope power slam like those are all spots that are worth rewatching. yeah
2: um yeah, I think about that top rope power slam because my blood flowing. and I like that. Um, our only minus here is the constant asking, uh, do you quit from the ref? No. Um, God, better no than... Be what do you say?
0: What do you say?
1: <laughs> All right, so that's a four. So pretty good for rewatchability. No all-time matches either way. Brings us to a 14.75. So uh, one point ahead of Extreme Rules, um, but actually a few slots ahead of it because of the ties. Also finishes right ahead of WrestleMania 28, which is interesting, um, and just below WrestleMania 2, uh, which was loaded at the moment. So, again, you know, we've now done 58 shows. Payback is 27. Extreme Rules, 31. So both are right around the midpoint. We'll see if 15, 16 continues to be in that little area, because as we know, like, I think we feel okay. There's probably not a lot of bad. Um, But we'll see how much good there is. Do we start to get shows with a lot of moments that can pick it up?
2: Uh, Yeah. And uh, just looking ahead, uh, I'm really looking forward to what we've got. We've got a new addition to the roster that's going to be coming up pretty soon. And um, just curious to see if adding another main event act, if that helps push these shows Mm -hmm. uh, from like the middle of the path to uh, getting closer to that upper tier shows for us. Yep. All right.
1: All right. So that'll do it for us uh, here tonight. We'll be back in two weeks. We'll continue on through 2015 with another two shows. We'll see how those continue to move up in our rankings or down, perhaps, as we go through. Be sure, to check out everything here at the North South Connection. The shows coming at you every day. We appreciate all the subscriptions, the sharing, the likes, the feedback. Uh, you know, we should have something you like if you're a wrestling fan and beyond. And very thankful uh, for you that listen and for all the contributors as well. So. Continue to live your life above replacement level, and we'll talk to you in a couple of weeks.